There are immediate benefits and blessings that come into your life when you trust in the Lord Jesus. There's joy. There's a right conscience. What Alan spoke of tonight as the burden lifted. When your conscience is troubled and your soul is oppressed by the weight of sin, that is immediately lifted. And money could never buy the joy and the liberty that the gospel brings into your heart. Thank you for joining with us here on Let the Bible Speak Again, and we trust the Lord will draw near and bless. We continue with the rich young ruler, the message on the one who was too rich, too materialistic, too in love with this world, and went away sorrowful. He did, in a casual way, want to consider following the Lord Jesus and being a Christian, but money's grip was too strong. And the rich young ruler went away sorrowful. That's our main message today, and I trust you'll stay tuned right through. We have another hymn as well. Uh, but firstly, a few thoughts on Psalm 22 and verse 22, where it says, I will declare thy name unto my brethren. In the midst of the congregation will I praise thee. Ye that fear the Lord, praise him. All ye the seed of Jacob, glorify him. And fear him, all ye the seed of Israel. For he hath not despised nor abhorred the affliction of the afflicted, neither hath he hid his face from him. But when he cried unto him, he heard. My praise shall be of thee in the great congregation. I will pay my vows before them that fear him. The meek shall eat and be satisfied. They shall praise the Lord that seek him. Your heart shall live forever. All the ends of the world shall remember and turn unto the Lord, and all the kindreds of the nations shall worship before thee. This section of the psalm enters into the victory of our Lord's death on the cruel cross. We begin to see the harvest that comes from the sowing of suffering. Psalm 22, verses 1 to 21, is the priestly work of the Lord Jesus. What we have read here in verses 22 through 27 is the prophetical work of our Lord. And then the psalm closes with his kingly work. The prophetical office of Christ is a big one. It involves all the communication of the gospel necessary to bring sinners to the gospel of Christ in all ages. Note the words, I will declare, that is the whole work of Christ from Abel to the final return of the Lord Jesus. In Old Testament, Christ was in the prophets. The Spirit of Christ was in them. Christ himself took up this ministry one on earth. He also commissioned his apostles to go forth with this work. He was active in the missionary work of the New Testament. The story of the church in every generation is the Spirit of Christ going forth as prophet of the covenant and of the church. If we be the church of the Lord Jesus today in this locality, and if we be filled with the Spirit of Christ, 
then we are called to this prophetical ministry to declare the Lord Jesus. The Lord's work and burden will be our burden. His Spirit in us, working through us, will send us forth, and He will be working with us. This ministry is not in isolation. This ministry is not on a separate agenda. Our task is to seek the will of the Lord and do it. His I will in Psalm 22:22 will be our will, ruling our hearts and moving us to work, because faith without works is dead. The fact of the gospel leads to the acts of the gospel. The church that is not doing is dying. There needs to be an I will to all our service for God. And I trust that you will be that person busy in the Lord's kingdom, declaring what the Lord has accomplished at the cross. If you have been converted by the cross, you're a debtor to grace and a debtor to preach forth the gospel of Christ. Thank you for staying tuned with us. Now we're coming to a hymn and then to the rich young ruler. Also, this young man confirmed himself in false religion because it was the Lord Jesus himself speaking to him who said, come and follow me, sell all that you have, give it to the poor, come and follow me. But he wouldn't do it. And therefore, he didn't have the Lord Jesus in his life. He had no and nothing of the Son of God in his life. He was now an empty religionist. Now, you would think that when people turn away from the Lord Jesus, that they would become totally irreligious. They would have no religion, but that's rare. Most people have some religion in their life. If it's not organized religion, then it's superstition. The fear of an other power beyond them. All men by nature are religionists. And as the Christian gospel is neglected in this land or any land, other religions flourish. But the Lord Jesus insisted that he is the only way. And so he confirmed, this young man confirmed himself in false religion. Jesus is the only way. He's the life, the truth, and the way. You cannot be saved any other way. So therefore, to reject him leaves you in false religion. All other ways lead to destruction. He that hath the Son hath life. But he that hath not the Son hath not life. But the wrath of God abideth on him. That's in John 3, 36. Now, do you take that to heart tonight? Do you realize that to say no to the Lord as your Savior, to have rejected the Son, is to be constantly, daily, and in eternity under the wrath of God? Could that be the state of your soul tonight? That's why we use this young man as a warning, a red flag. Don't do what he did. Don't follow his path. Also, I see in this account that he denied himself the power of God's grace. Let's read verses 25 onward, where the Lord Jesus said, it is easier for a camel to go through a needle's eye than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. And they that heard it said, who then can be saved? And the next verse, the things which are impossible with men 
are possible with God. No doubt this young man had a worldly heart, a heart set on pleasure and money, but he was not beyond God's grace. He was not beyond the power of receiving a new heart and a new life. And I want to say that to you tonight also, that all men are invited to follow the Lord Jesus. Some would suggest that this young man never had a chance. The Lord Jesus never really gave him a true, genuine invitation. It was not a bona fide offer to become a Christian. But in Mark's gospel, and I want you to turn here and just see this, in Mark's account of this very story, Mark 10, verse 21, the record in Mark's gospel says, Mark 10, 21, then Jesus, beholding him, loved him. Now, I checked out the word loved there because there are three, four different words in the Greek for love, and some of them are just brotherly love, and uh, there is romantic love. There is also uh, the love of God, which is agape love. And in this instance, it says, then Jesus, beholding him, loved him with agape love. That's gospel love. It is not a contradiction to the eternal purposes of God that he loves sinners and he will truly, genuinely save them if they come. But this young man turned away rejected the agape gospel love of the Savior and denied himself of enjoying all the grace of God. Now, what would the grace of God have done for him? What was this that was impossible that was possible with God? Well, obviously, he needed a new heart. He needed a new life and a new walk and the Lord could overcome the impossible. Now, you might be saying tonight, it's impossible that I could ever be a Christian. It's impossible that I could ever change my life. It's impossible that I could ever turn around and give up those things I need to and truly follow the Lord. Humanly, yes, it's impossible. But with God, all things are possible. And if you reject the Lord and turn away from his offer of salvation, you are also refusing that power in your life. Because you can never have the power of the Lord in your soul until you trust him, until you come to him, until you're joined to him. Then you enjoy his life in your soul and the power to do the things that a Christian ought to do. Now, it's just possible tonight that you're trying to live the Christian life in your own strength. It's just possible that you think this is an experiment, that you just take the principles and take the, 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 the practical things that a Christian should do, and you're trying to work at them. But it's all futile. It's weak and effortless because you don't have the Lord in your heart. And it's not until you bow the knee as a sinner and invite the Savior into your heart that you will receive power to do the otherwise impossible. Give up sin. Give up the world. And yes, as this young man needed to do, give up his obsession with money. And so we learn here that he denied himself the power of God's grace. Don't do that tonight. 
but rather give your heart to the Savior. Trust Him. He also denied himself the rewards of serving the Lord. If you look at uh, verse 29 and 30, where the disciples intervened and asked a few questions, and the Lord said, verse 29, Verily I say unto you, there is no man that hath left house, or parents, or brethren, or wife, or children, for the kingdom of God's sake, who shall not receive manifold more in this present time and in the world to come, life everlasting. There are immediate rewards to the one who becomes a Christian. There are immediate benefits and blessings that come into your life when you trust in the Lord Jesus. There's joy. There's a right conscience. What Alan spoke of tonight as the burden lifted. When your conscience is troubled and your soul is oppressed by the weight of sin, that is immediately lifted. And money could never buy the joy and the liberty that the gospel brings into your heart. You have peace and communion with God. You can get down on your knees and pray. Now, tonight you can't do that if you're not a Christian. Or you may say prayers as the Pharisees did and others who were religious. But can you get down and call the God of heaven your Father? Can you say, My Father which is in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth. Give us this day our daily bread. Can you really pray as a child of God to your heavenly Father? No, not unless you've surrendered your heart to the Lord Jesus. This young man who was rich went to live on the worry of rust and thieves that would break through and steal, he knew nothing of communion and peace with God through the Lord Jesus. There was also the honor of fellowship among God's people. What a wonderful testimony this young man would have if he had said, yes, Lord, I will do what you tell me. I will sell my everything, give it to the poor, and I'll follow you. What a testimony that would have been. What fellowship he would have enjoyed amongst Christians. But because he refused, he was completely on the outside. And then there is also, of course, physical provision and protection. He wouldn't give his earthly possessions to the Lord. Will the Lord now protect him from those thieves and robbers, from those dangers of life? You take people tonight who are alcoholics or drug addicts, where are they at? Their lives are cursed and miserable. And you might say tonight, that'll never be me. That'll never be me. I will not become addicted to the things of this world. Well, maybe you already are. Maybe you are addicted, not to a narcotic, not to a bottle, but to some sin that you can't give up. You can't stop it. Therefore, you're addicted to it. And it's making you miserable. It's dragging you down. And if you reject the Lord Jesus, it'll destroy you. Whereas he has come to give you the gift of eternal life. Don't deny yourself the rewards of being a Christian. In this life, and it says, in the life to come, or the world to come, life everlasting. 
course, that's the great boon. That's the great goal, that we give up whatever now, that we enjoy eternal life with God. That's the reward. That's the blessing for giving your heart to the Savior. He denied himself of all title to eternal life, life everlasting. For a few short years, if he had that, and we're not guaranteed that, we're not told anything about this young man after this event, but if he had a reasonably normal stretch of life, for a few short years, he chose earthly riches, and he lost in eternity. Where would he be in eternity? Where would he be tonight? Well, we do read in the Bible about a rich man who opened his eyes in torments. That's the rich man at whose gate Lazarus begged for bread. And the rich man died and opened his eyes in torments. He didn't have eternal life, but eternal torment. I have stood at the bedside of patients in hospital wards. I have witnessed such suffering that even morphine wouldn't relieve the agony, the pain of body. Even a Christian in this world is not guaranteed that you will be free from some physical pain and agony in this world. But just multiply that on every minute of all eternity. Torment, pain. The Lord Jesus talks about the worm eating, the fire consuming. This, this is not the preaching of some radical. This is the Son of God, the Logos, the Word, the Word incarnate, God in the flesh, speaking the Word of truth, warning you of the torment that is on the other side of death in eternity. These torments are real, and hell is a place of torment for all eternity. Jesus said, where the worm doth not die, and the fire is not quenched. And that's what this young man chose. What a foolish choice this rich ruler made. What have you done tonight with this gift of eternal life? What are you doing with it? Are you saying it's all just hogwash? Are you saying it's not for me? Eternal life that money cannot buy? Eternal life that it took the life of the second person of the Trinity to be incarnated in a human body and to die on that cruel cross to pour out his blood in torment to save you from eternal torment. You see, what Jesus endured on that cross in few hours was compressed eternal hell that all those who are washed in his blood and saved by his power escape eternal torment. His life for our life. A substitute dying in our place. That's the gospel. That's what this young man was invited to, to follow the Son of God who would pay it all for him. But he got his eyes so fixated on earthly riches that he lost his soul. Do not let anything keep you back from trusting the Lord tonight. 
Yes, tonight, right now, I'm calling on you to trust the Lord Jesus as your Lord and as your Savior. And do not come tonight with the question, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? That's where this man started all wrong. But rather come and bow the knee and say, Lord, I surrender. I surrender to the call. Follow me. That's what it is to be a Christian. Surrender. Come saying, Lord, I do what you ask of all sinners. Complete surrender. Come, follow me. Will you? Will you do that tonight? Will you give your heart to the Lord? Or will you leave this meeting as this young man, a rejecter, to refuse the offer of eternal life from the one who loved him with agape love, gospel love, and to be lost for all eternity. You need to be saved tonight. I want to help you. And if I can pray with you or open the Bible with you, let's pray together. And may the Lord bring you to the place of personal surrender to the Lord Jesus. Cheers.
Well, let's think about this rich young ruler again. He was a fine young man, promising, rich, and no doubt uh, was well honed in his skills and activities and had purpose in life. We would say that he was very efficient, functional, and promising. And yet, he was not a candidate for the kingdom of God because he was in love with his riches. And this is the great danger that men have today. They look after earthly things so well. They care for their possessions. They strive to get ahead. And in that is the greatest snare man will ever know. Because while we labor for the earthly things, we miss out in the spiritual. And I hope that today that you learn from this rich young ruler that was in love with riches, went away very sorrowful, and could not be saved. And you need to evaluate your life. You need to realize that the important things are the eternal, not the things that you see, not the things that you can touch, but the eternal things of God's life, glory, heaven, making sure that your sins are forgiven, making sure that you're right with God, and that your hope and trust is in the Lord Jesus. The Lord said that it is more difficult for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God than for a camel to pass through the eye of a needle. <laughs> That's impossible, isn't it? Totally impossible. And it's impossible for a man to be saved if you put your riches first. Let that sink in. Have we not all be bought the lie that the important thing is to gain earthly riches. Remember that you've come into this world with nothing and you must leave it with nothing. Therefore, seek to your soul and make sure that you have eternal life where there are eternal riches, where there is no moth to eat nor robber to steal, but that you may enjoy life with God. That is the important thing. And if I can be of any personal help, if I can provide you with some literature or Bible verses, feel free to give me a call. I'll talk to you one-to-one, -one, and I'll be glad to share with you the gospel that will lead you to eternal life. Thank you for being a part of our program today. Stay tuned now for these final announcements. You are listening to Let the Bible Speak, the radio broadcast of the Free Presbyterian Church in Canada. This is Pastor Ian Golliher. If you missed part of today's program or would like to hear it again, you can find it archived by program date on our website. Just go to www.ltbs.ca. CA for Canada. There you can read my blog, find my Bible study notes, audio and video sermons, as well as helpful articles. Or you can go to our podcast on iTunes. We're on the air Sundays at 9.30 a.m. for our full church broadcast and Monday to Friday, 5 a.m. and 5 p.m. on this station to bring you the gospel from our free Presbyterian church here in Cloverdale. We also invite you to our church services on Sundays, 10.30 and 6 p.m. Through our website, you can listen and view to our online services at 10.30 and 6 p.m. Make it your Sunday worship. Click 
on the Live Now button on the homepage of our website. Or if you would like to talk with me one-on-one as a pastor, please give me a call. The phone number is 604-897-2040. The mailing address is 187 9058 Avenue, Surrey, BC, V3S1M6. We're located just two blocks north of Number 10 Highway on 188th Street. Our website again is ltbs.ca. You can join us Monday to Friday, 5 a.m., 5 p.m., here on this station as we let the Bible speak.